Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. We have a wonderful opportunity on the Tube Labs podcast to welcome Andrew Can, who has been helping to grow in, in to the TubeBuddy channel to 250,000 subscribers. And that is quite a milestone. And I know he just recently hit that. And I know it's a I believe a team effort, but he's the man behind it. And I want to welcome right now to the Tube Labs podcast, Andrew Can. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. First, thank you so much for having me on Tube Labs. It's been a pleasure to listen to and an even more pleasure to be joined here with you. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a new, new venture for me, um, old school podcaster, but uh, starting a new podcast, obviously from the ground up, it's it's quite the adventure. And, you know, you, you've just reached a milestone in the YouTube world that I think many of us would love to reach. And I know there's a story behind that and, and how you got there, but also share a little bit more about you, your process. I know you're a film video a creator um, on your own. I would love to hear your story and your approach to how you've reached these goals. So, yeah, I think that's a very, very fun topic. You know, how do you reach 250,000 subscribers? And one thing I tend to, tend to tell people is that it actually took me years. And I think that's what you'll find with any large creators that it didn't just happen, that we all want to believe that I just uploaded the one video and then virality and I could just ride that wave until, until the end. And unfortunately, I don't think that's realistic for most people. But how I kind of got started on TubeBuddy and that whole journey was actually like a slew of failed channels that no one has ever seen that have been lost to time with the great Google Plus purge and all that fun stuff. But mm -hmm. it really all came down to, I started getting onto YouTube because when I was in film school, I needed a way to keep my editing skills sharp because if you don't lose them, if you don't use them, you lose them. Right. And I feel like a lot of people, they don't use the fundamentals that they have. And if you don't use them, again, you lose them. Like if you don't practice speaking a language, you don't get to retain it. So I originally did YouTube to keep my editing skills sharp, but I had a gaming channel, which meant I had to speak for long periods of time uninterrupted mm -hmm. on what I was doing. So what that taught me and how that translated to TubeBuddy was I had to learn how to make series content searchable which right. if you know anything of seo which i know you do yeah long form series content isn't necessarily the most searchable <laughs> right so i found an innate challenge in that and so what i realized by doing this gaming channel was that there is a way to make this searchable but you got to think outside the box each level is a different way to be searchable and as i was testing and as I was trying new things, TubeBuddy came into the fold. And this was when I was at a YouTube network. Mm -hmm. I've always fundamentally wanted to help YouTube creators because if it wasn't for YouTube, I wouldn't have left my small town. I wouldn't have been able to be in California now. Like it really did help broaden my horizon. So if I could help creators broaden their own with any content I create, that's kind of always been the goal. The YouTube network thing really didn't work out. Like at first they helped and then they were like, whoa, we can do nothing and make money, which is, <laughs> which is always the kiss of death for a business. So I was lucky enough that the CEO of TubeBuddy recognized me from the network, that CEO being named Phil. Yep. 
and he he saw some of my videos and it was funny you never know where people are watching and similarly that i can say that about this podcast like i i originally found this podcast through nick nemen and then i just started watching and then i saw you post about it on a facebook group and i'm like oh man i would love to be on if you'd have me so again oh. thank you <laughs> yeah sure thing but it goes to that idea that you don't know who's watching and you always need to be open to opportunity. So at that point, Phil, the CEO of TubeBuddy, messaged me like, hey, would you be willing to work with us? Like, you've been saying great things about us. You've been giving us feedback. What can we do to help you? And at that point, I was just out of a longtime career job. I had been at that job for three years. I didn't really know where I was going. <laughs> So I was like, you know, I, I've always said that I want to help YouTube creators and I believe that your tool does this. I'm a video guy naturally. So do you need video work? And it just so happens, again, all the stars aligned to be very lucky for me, which I'm very blessed and I know that. So he said, yes, actually, our videographer doesn't want to work with us anymore. They want more stable work, which is ironic because... I ended up keeping that stable work for four plus years now. So, right. <laughs> so I always say that I didn't grow the TubeBuddy channel alone. There were 6,000 subscribers that I didn't earn on the channel. Those were before my time. Mm -hmm. But what I learned with that was never, never doubt where an opportunity can come from. So when I started the channel, it was funny because everyone now is like, oh, you're the TubeBuddy guy. But at the time, people were like, whoa, who is this guy? <laughs> which <laughs> you laugh that, that at. really boosts the ego <laughs> i'm like oh yes trust me because it's like whoa okay there's clearly in a, like here, here's me at like six thousand i'm like no man what if this audience doesn't like me and now people right. tell me they don't think about TubeBuddy without me so it's this interesting like growth process like i i see TubeBuddy as the ultimate creator tools to help anyone from any YouTube genre, niche, channel, no matter what you do, I, I honestly believe that the tools that we create can help you. And yes, I do work there, but I actually was using TubeBuddy seven months before I ever worked there. So. Sure. No, it's a great tool. I, I use it. I, I tell everybody that you're not, you're not trying unless you have TubeBuddy installed. I mean, it's just, it's just part of the process. Well, I really, I really appreciate that. And I usually tell people, it's like, if you're not using TubeBuddy, it's like, you could, you could chop down a tree with your bare hand. I just don't know how effective it'd be. <laughs> but, if you, but if you use TubeBuddy, it's like buying an axe or a chainsaw. You're really speeding up that process. So you, you, you have 6,000 subscribers. You're, you need to grow this. This is something that you said you would do, or at least the challenge you've taken on. What, what were your first steps? What, what, what was your mindset and in your approach? Because one thing I noticed early on, I, I probably started watching the channel maybe, well, probably uh, three years ago, a little over three years ago, and you started bringing other people on board. Um, when did that start for one? But one step back, what were you thinking in terms of a strategy moving forward once you uh, stepped into that role? So the first thing I was thinking, this is going back to early 2016, when I like officially was the videographer was, okay, we have 90 tools. And I have to break down each of these. And it was figuring out how can I best show people what this tool can do, on top of showing them that we have a product that has a paid version. So how do I make the paid version videos just as successful as the free version? Because people mm. usually hear pay and they, they don't, 
it's just an innate reaction. What do you mean I have to pay? So it's figuring out how do I make that fun? Because <laughs> like when you, whenever <laughs> you put a paywall on anything, there's not necessarily a yes, I understand. It's more like, whoa, why do you need my money? Right. So it was overcoming that. And I think one thing I'm very lucky with is that our CEO believes in free trials like candy. He gives them out all the time. Yes. So that made it super easy for me to be yeah, like. No, he, he's, I mean, I, we got to give Phil some props. He's, he, he really is a generous, good guy. Um, he, you know, he, we have a small YouTube meetup group here and he has supported us. Yeah, it just, just on a, you know, supporting the, the people he doesn't even know, doesn't even know if they're going to be, you know, subscribers or, 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 but he's there and he yep. wants to reach out and help everyone. And it's, it's, he's just an amazing guy. Exactly. And because of that, what I learned was, is that if you provide value upfront, regardless if there's a paywall, regardless of any content type, you will receive that gratitude in return. And that is when I realized, going on to what you asked about bringing in other people, originally mm -hmm. it was Owen Video who asked us if he could be on. And Phil wasn't sure. Right. He's like, I don't want people, you know, people are starting to know who you are. I don't want people to say, oh, no, Andrew got fired. Like, because he was dealing with the people before me. Oh, right. So I told Phil, look, I like Owen. You like Owen. Let's have him on and let's see where it goes. And people loved Owen, and, but they still understood that it was just a one-off thing. Right. Because I had done so many videos at that point, they realized, oh, he's probably here to stay. You know, it was, was wow, I think I even saw that. Was it, was it live? It was a live. Yes, the for, first live yeah. on our channel. <laughs> I think he was, um, was, he, was he outside, like in a backyard kind of a wow, thing? Wow, yeah, you really, you're yeah, not I, I, <laughs> I watched it. I was there. I was one of the people watching. Awesome. That's great. Yes, that was the very first live. And after that, we saw... And this was before, of course, unfortunately, YouTube changed the system. Back then, lives would boost the channel's growth. And so right. it was very exciting. And I'm like, wow, you know, people loved what Owen had to say about TubeBuddy. People are starting to really understand what we can do. So I'm like, what started as a one-off thing. I'm like, well, are there any other people that'd be interested? And Phil's like, well, I could see. And now <laughs> we have like, it's, it's funny because at first people were like, what do you mean you want me on your channel? Like to do every video? And it's like, no, 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 no. We just want a live stream. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, you have quite the lineup now. I mean, you, you, you tend to get the who's who, you know, I mean, if you're not, not on the TubeBuddy <laughs> live stream at any point, <laughs> you haven't made it yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> which is a good thing. I mean, it's a nice branding element. It's a, it's, it. It gives, it gives the channel a lot of respect. Which I think has been a byproduct of making sure whoever we bring on knows what they're talking about. And it doesn't necessarily have to be YouTube specifically. Like we have some people who talk about organization in a high level or they talk right. about affiliate marketing in a high level. And so like what we found is if all you provide is one facet of YouTube in like learning how to grow, you're missing out on all these other opportunities. So now right. we have over 20 plus different streamers who have been on. Oh, we've wow. had over 40 interviews and we've been on countless podcasts. But from what we've learned is, again, it goes back to you never know who's watching, but you also can't be afraid to reach out. And that goes into YouTube so much because so many times on YouTube, people are so afraid to one, 
reach out in a way that's respectful. <laughs> right. And two, right. they're so afraid to be themselves. One thing I learned was, especially for a lot of people, is that we spend so much time consuming content, we take so long finding our own voice. Like it takes yeah. us so long to figure out who we are, like who is Andrew, who is Rosh, right? And once you find that, it's liberating and you tend to see that everything you couldn't figure out starts falling into place. Just, just going through the process and, and yeah, it, it, it's an, and it is amazing. I mean, hearing everybody's stories and, and the way they've gone through this process, you know, everyone's unique, but you're right. You know, you have to find your voice. It's, it's a big part of the process. And I know that a lot of times people say, once you figure it out, it becomes easy. So I kind of like to say, here's how I figured it out. Hmm. <laughs> because it's easy to say, oh, you, what you know, you know. But the truth on YouTube is the value needs to first and foremost be to you being the audience member, you listening right now to this podcast, you watching our content. People often interpreted YouTube as broadcast yourself, but I'm actually kind of glad they got rid of it because mm -hmm. it should be nowadays and what we find it to be is yes broadcast yourself but broadcast itself yourself to help or entertain or educate other people because that's what tends to be the most successful content on this platform right focusing on that that audience and, and who they are yeah so who who are your audiences? I mean, when you when if someone came right up to you, say, okay, Andrew, who, who's your audience? What what would you say? So my audience is online content creators who are trying to grow and develop either their YouTube channel or their videography skills using the tips and techniques I did because I believe that if I can, you can too. So <laughs> trust me, when you when you practice and you when you tell people these things, when you're teaching, you must first be aware of how am I doing this myself? And I think, how would you answer that question, Rosh? Oh, 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 you would do that to me, wouldn't you? Oh, yes, I would. <laughs> you see, it's not an active good and move, engaged Andrew, good interview. <laughs> if like, if we're not both partaking, come on, you got a yes, little bit yes. of challenge is good for everyone. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll say for uh, my YouTube channel directly, um, you know, for creative entrepreneurs, supporting them to grow their their businesses. And I've been narrowing that down. And I really have been talking about how the importance of that audience. And if you've listened to the last couple shows, I mean, just getting down to the fact of, okay, how do they describe themselves? You know, what will they call themselves and understanding that. And so right now, I, I've been I've been kind of starting at the entrepreneur working my way down to creative entrepreneur. And that's where I am now. And now I'm kind of deciding how I'm going to best serve them. So I'm doing a lot of testing because I have an old, old channel and uh, it's got a lot of stuff all over the place. So serving the creative entrepreneur is where I, where I am right now. Well, I really like that, especially because the creative entrepreneur is a lot different than many others because it's, I feel like that's the new brand and the new mm -hmm. like stream of entrepreneurs. It's like, especially nowadays, it used to be like, I need a dedicated person to just do video and that's it. But now it's like, can you do video editing, Photoshop, all of these things. So when it comes to the entrepreneur side who may only know that, they're like, what do you mean I got to be creative now? I think having right. someone like yourself is very powerful for them because you've done it. And what it sounds like is like you're distilling down 
your content to really serve who you want to be with, like who Mm -hmm. you want to be serving. And that is, like I said, once you find your voice, which I really do think you have, I have been listening to the shows, as I said, I think there's a reason we're all talking about the importance of that viewer listening or watching or in, I know you have a blog, so reading, like whoever you are talking to, it's very important to remember who you are trying to help. Yeah, absolutely. I've, um, I, I haven't done the main channel gone down to creative entrepreneur, but I think I am going to be there. Cause I have, I, I just branded all my other stuff to keep it consistent with the creative entrepreneur, excuse me, entrepreneur theme. It, it is amazing how once you get focused, it's once you stop chasing that audience and just know who that audience is, you can kind of focus on all the other things that, you know, people have been saying, um, I think it's so important to clear up that audience data the best you can and understand what they really want and how you can best serve them. And uh, these are things that I'm learning still. I mean, I think it's a never ending process to continue to improve what you're doing. Well, exactly. One of my favorite quotes is from Michelangelo and it is, I'm still learning. And I think that is the, like he said that it, in his eighties, right? Like he was a considered, we consider him a master now, but he never saw himself as someone who fully got it. He said, there's always something new. And I I take that approach to YouTube. Like people are like, ah, I feel like you or Brian G or Roberto Blake, they really know, like, you know, all there is to know. And I'm like, whoa, I think that is the most dangerous game we can play. The second we claim to know everything is the second you admit, you know, nothing about this platform. Smile politely and walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I try, I try to, I try to politely tell them, you know, I really do appreciate that. But I think that it's important, as I just explained, to always be aware that tomorrow you YouTube could decide that, hey, this is the new thing. You better know it. And I'm like, oh, I guess I know it now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what I kind of say. And, and you know that from like your years in SEO too, is like it can kind yes. of flip. Like it, at one point it was like one word tags make the most sense because there's not that much, but now everyone's doing it. So you better right. evolve with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, SEO is part of my daily life and uh, it, it changes every single day. Uh, and so, yeah, and I, I try to apply what, what I learned and I've learned, you know, I've learned a lot about SEO by working on YouTube. I, I really do think it's closer than people want to admit. I mean, there are yes. some different elements, but you can really apply a lot of the similar approaches. I mean, it is the same company and there's some philosophy there that I think works pretty well across the written word as well as a video. But, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So moving, moving on, what, what are your plans? You know, where, where do you want to take this channel? Uh, what are you going to make any adjustments as you move forward? Have you been making some adjustments? I, I, I'm curious to any, any pivots along the way that have um, supported your efforts as you've grown the, the TubeBuddy channel? So, yeah. So we started TubeBuddy channel originally, this was like original, like 2016, we have to put up content Mm -hmm. because we want to grow our product. And the original thought was, how do you use TubeBuddy to help you grow and be better on YouTube? But what what I started noticing was people were asking, why should I use this? So we answered the how, but we never answered the why. Right. And there's a lot of power when you give people a why. So what we found was, okay, you want, to, you want to know not only how, but why. So we started incorporating that why. And so by doing that, we started, our videos started doing better. Hmm. Then we found 
by doing some of our tools. We offer A-B testing. We found right. with millions of users, people, depending the content, depending, you know, everything, generally tend to lean towards faces more in thumbnails on right. videos. So we started incorporating that. So it was all slow, but the main thing we found was, and this is what YouTube pretty much tells us, your content needs to appeal to humans, right? Like if you just say how to do something, well, that's great. And that may be what that one video needs to be. But never, ever forget the power of a why you should do something. Mm. You told me how, but you didn't tell me why I should. So when it comes to like what we've learned and how we're pivoting, we've given how and why. One thing we want to do, and because we have so much data, one of our most successful videos last year was a data analysis of channels from zero subscribers all the way up to million. Mm -hmm. and what we found is it takes thousands of uploads, like 3,000 plus on average to hit the million subscriber mark. Yes, there are channels who don't have that. Yes, there are those special anomalies. Yeah, that, the, you know, the rare those, ones. The, yeah, The rare ones. But on average, with the data we have, it takes thousands of uploads. And when you start understanding that, it's like, oh, maybe if I have 5,000 subscribers and 300 uploads, I'm doing okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know, it's when uh, you have uh, six uploads and you're wondering, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Why isn't this thing going? <laughs> Which is a common thing. You know, I think that uh, I think you and I both know, having done this for quite a long time, just knowing that, look, even just in social media in general, uh, I've had great opportunities since the early days of social media. And, and it wasn't because I was that good. It really <laughs> was not. It's because I outlasted people. It really was a endurance game that, that I played. And that got me where I needed to go. And so, you know, that's same with, you know, knowing that it's been the same with YouTube. I, I have a lot of videos up there, but I know to get where I want to go, it's just going to take time. And as you mentioned, continuously improving and understanding. Yes. And I think you've developed a discipline there that's kind of understated. Originally, it may be you were motivated to do it, but now you are disciplined in your actions. And I think that True. is so powerful because motivation fades and weans, but discipline is what keeps you going. Like, I'm sure there are days where you're like, I don't know if I need to, if I want to do this, but I know I need to do this. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a tough, tough road. And those who want to make it, you, you, you have to think of years, not months or even weeks. Uh, that certainly is is the truth. Exactly. And I have an interesting statistic for anyone listening now. On average, it takes the average YouTuber five years to hit a thousand subscribers. If you hit it in a year, if you hit it in six months, you are doing fine. You are ahead of the average. So many people play this comparison game where they're like, I've been on platform for nine years and I'm only at 200,000 subscribers. I'm like, only <laughs> at, <laughs> it's like that yeah. only at, or I, I'm not where I want to be. If we keep moving the goalpost to ourselves, we lose gratitude. We lose the ability to see where we are in context of where we've been. And I think that's the, that's the worst thing that can happen to a YouTuber. So what I will tell anyone listening is that never look at your success or look at where you are now. Do not, you can't get mad at the vehicle that got you where you are because that same vehicle can help you get to where you need to go. 
Nice. I, I love that statistic too, the 5,000. That make, I think that makes a lot of people feel better. <laughs> well, it's like right. if, it took, if you knew it took five years to hit 1,000 and you hit it in a, a year, like you're doing great. Right. Like you're beating the average. Right. N- now, again, sometimes we have cases where they're like, I've been on YouTube 12 years and I'm at 40 subscribers. I'm like, okay, right. well. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's okay to go back to the drawing board and that's never right. what anyone wants to hear. But at a certain point, if you've been doing it for so long that you're not seeing the return you one want or, or, you know, you're doing quote, what I see a lot of people say everything, right. You may really need to reexamine. Are you truly doing everything? Cause I would never make that claim. And I don't think you would either. No, not at all. There's, there's, a, you know, the thing is you, you focus in on one area and then sometimes you let other areas go and you have to refocus or reevaluate. I, I, I've had to do that so many times. It's certainly true. I, I have a question for you. Uh, did, you know, you, you have statistics and, and you, maybe you can uh, confirm this because it's been bantied around a lot in the community about say the 10,000 mark that is that that's about 3% or so on average of subscribers make it to that point or is that is that a totally just off the wall number so it our statistics usually come from the two buddy audience so i right. always need of to course. clarify that so we have of about course. 4 million channels in there right so with our with our gauge of that 4 million that's how we were able to find that statistic i gave earlier where on average it's taken five years five years okay so the thing is youtube has one has over two billion users of those users there's only 40 million partners right Mm, okay so they've said that in different like blog posts and like if you try to i've i've tried to track down where they say it but every day they add a new thing or a new stat and it's like well there goes that last one i used so i will do my best <laughs> to, i will do my best to give that to you so you can put it in the show notes so people are like i can't find the statistic and they're like now i see it's 40 million and two podcasts ago you said it was 39 and i'm like i'm sorry growth <laughs> but the thing is when we look at data if we know there are 40 million partners and we have access right. to 4 million and almost most of those like it's pretty it's 1.5 million aren't partners but 2.5 million are okay what we tend to find is of those 2.5 million partners most it's like in our 2.5 million users we have about three percent that is above that ten thousand mark okay so what we tend to find is most people who hit a thousand know who they want to help but they don't know how they're going to get there Okay. Good. No, I mean, that, that's, that's interesting stuff. I mean, it, it's always interesting talking to folks who have a, a little more data behind them than just your own channel. You know, yes. it's, uh, it's, it's, it can be very insightful. It's, it's pretty cool stuff. Wow. So Andrew, I got to tell you, it's been an absolute thrill and pleasure to have you on the show. I, if you could uh, share a little bit of information in terms of where people can find you, learn more stuff, uh, more about TubeBuddy, Love, love that app. It's it's a great app. Uh, if anybody, if you're not using it and really serious about growing a channel, you, you definitely need to go there. But uh, Andrew, please share a little bit more about where people can connect with you. So if you want to learn more about TubeBuddy, you can go to TubeBuddy.com. But if you want to see me more specifically, you can go to YouTube.com slash Andrew K. You can see me on the TubeBuddy YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash TubeBuddy. But I'm most active on Twitter of all the socials. So that is Twitter.com slash Andrew Can film all one word and can with a k <laughs> wonderful 
<laughs> it was great to have you on. Thank you so much for being on the Two Blabs podcast. Thank you so much for having me, and I hope everyone enjoys themselves and has a great day. The Two Blabs podcast is hosted at thetwoblog.com. If you find the Two Blabs podcast valuable, don't forget to rate and review it. You may connect with Rosh on Twitter at Rosh Sillers. 